Hello and welcome to the East Baltimore Graffiti Church's podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at ebgraffitichurch at gmail.com or you can check us out on our website at ebgraffitichurch.org. Good morning. If you'd like to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 14. Each week recently, uh, I just anticipate, I'm excited Uh, We have been in the book of Romans for almost a year. I I promised you guys I wouldn't do like my pastor when I was growing up. I would not preach in Romans for five years. So my friend John Piper in Minneapolis, Minnesota, preached through the book of Romans for 16 years, if I'm not mistaken. I won't do that to you. And, uh, of course, those great men of God are uh, much more thorough theologians than I will ever be. But as we continue in the book of Romans uh, this morning, uh, I'm excited. Anthony read our scripture. I will not, as I like to do sometimes, (laughs) keep reading the scripture uh, after someone else reads it. But uh, Paul is saying, again, to this body of believers, these primarily, but not completely, but primarily Roman believers, uh, uh, in 11, after we finish chapter 11, verses uh, chapter 12, through 15.7, you know, we're getting this application. And you see just how passionate Paul is about the church. And we, you saw the umbrella we had a couple of weeks ago. And it was this umbrella of love, Paul said. He said, love one another. He talks about brotherly love. And there are, uni- he wants to see unity in the church. He talks about spiritual gifts. And we get this idea in 12 of unity and diversity in the church. We are all so different, but we are united in Jesus Christ. And that is why our congregations can look like our congregation looks today, which thrills me every week when I get to stand up here in front of you. But now Paul shifts gears and he has a message, another tough message, and it'll be uh, really three messages for these believers. And he starts out saying, basically, judge less, accept more. He says, accept the one who is weak in faith, um, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. Listen, there were Jewish men and women coming to know Christ. There were these Roman believers who in a large numbers were coming to Christ, and they were having these conflicts. And Paul is going to be very specific in the next three passages about this. And he, he does, and I'm going to give you the short version, and you'll be grateful but a lot of the Jewish people would come to know Christ, but they would want to observe the laws about what they ate and what they didn't eat because they felt that that was honoring to God. So there were different creatures and different foods that they wouldn't eat. They would not want to eat something that was dedicated to idols, right? They had pagan culture, Jewish culture. Now we have Christian culture. And so they were very specific about this. But then you had the Roman believers, and Paul does refer to believers as weak and strong here. And we're going to talk about that because one group is not less than the other group. Okay, And that's what I had to get over in my mind, even at my age. I had uh, God just really convinced and convicted me of some things this week that I thought I really enjoyed studying the Word of God. So these Jewish believers may have been observing some um, rules and some things from their Jewish past and culturally. 
Um, and then there were the Roman believers who felt like in Christ they had the freedom to maybe eat and drink uh, as they chose. But now, now they're under this one tent. Ha, for real, right? Now they're under this one tent together, right? These Roman people who used to be pagans, but now they're Christians. And then the Jewish uh, believers who used to practice Judaism, but now had come to Christ. And Paul says, accept the one who is weak, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on him. So you see the, the key verse here in verse 1. Uh, there's a slide there. I just kind of like that. But remember the umbrella. So Paul says, love one another. Remember, he talked in Romans 12, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. But there is, there is a bit of this theme here. He says in 12 and 13, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. He says, love your neighbor. He talks about this unity and diversity all under this umbrella of the church. The church is so important um, to Paul. Unity and uh, among people who come from all different places so that we're a testimony, so that the church will be a testimony to the love of Jesus Christ to an unbelieving world. So we kind of have that background where we've been and we're kind of going to see this morning where we're going with Paul in this letter um, written to the Romans. Now, he says here, number one, okay, you're going to get you're going to get three Baptist points today and you get to go home, okay? Number one, receive and embrace our brothers and sisters in Christ fully, fully. That's what we're going to see here in verses one through three. Now, I thought about this all week. Unity requires full acceptance for the right reasons with the uh, right motives. Moo is not a cow. He's a theologian, and I quoted him. Um, and you guys know how I feel about that. I don't steal other people's stuff. But, so, great theologian, the Book of Romans. I love this guy. Um, unity requires full acceptance for the right reasons with the right motives. Let me hang just a little bit of a backdrop here, right? Um, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you read your Bible. You've heard the Ten Commandments. You know that how we should treat one another. We've talked about, you know, uh, the Bible says we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. We all do things we shouldn't. So, so in the Bible, we are being taught already the difference of sins, right and wrong, good and evil. So that's not what I'm talking about here, okay? The difference is, I'm going to cheat a little. You'll see it in a minute. We're going to be talking this morning about non-essentials non-essentials we're not talking about yeah this is sin and i'm doing this sin and you can't judge me for it right no it's my brother or sister in christ you see me out there you see me out there running around crazy i won't make any jokes this morning but you're you're supposed to hold me accountable that's not what we're talking about here we're talking about non-essentials and maintaining unity in the body of christ but here's where it gets good this is what paul's saying in verse one tolerate and I had to look it up and I do that these days so if I tolerate you I allow or we allow the existence occurrence or practice of something that one does not necessarily like or agree with without interference I've never thought of myself as somebody who just tolerates people you know I think of myself as a nice guy right don't we all like to think that way right so maybe I'm not talking about anyone here but but I do um but I have caught myself when I think back 
there are some people who believe and do some things differently than me, even in the body of Christ. And I find myself going, yeah, 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 glad I don't have to spend much time with that person. Uh, right? I'll confess my sins, not yours, right? So, um, man, look what those people do over there at that church. Woo, glad I don't go. Um, you know, or, man, I only have to spend an hour a week with that person in church. I, you know, we, we sometimes there are things we tolerate, but we would really, in our minds, in my mind and my heart, I'm already passing judgment on you. In general, me, you, I, I'm using, let me use my pronouns carefully, right? I'm sure you guys don't do that, but I've, catch, I've caught myself doing that, right? And Paul says, he says, don't have contempt, I think in verse 3, for people who have these differing opinions or practice some things in their Christianity differently than you do. And so despise is to be disdainful, condescending, to have a disdainful, condescending, judgmental attitude towards someone else. Oh, my goodness. I know you guys don't do that, but look, I, I'm just going to say 2020, pandemic, all this, all that. Listen, listen, I have I've come out the mouth, and I know when it's an outright sin, right? You use certain words, and you say, ooh, hope nobody heard the pastor say that, right? And, and I have to confess my sins, but, but it is true, isn't it? Sometimes we just want to tolerate somebody even though we despise what they believe or think. And it might even be one of your brothers or sisters in Christ who lives life differently than you do. They have some different ideas about some things that are non-essentials. And you know what? You would rather not spend a whole lot of time with them. Oh, excuse me, we're talking about me, not you. I apologize. I apologize. But you see, here's what we're going to talk a little bit about this morning. Um, liberty and limitations. Liberty and limitations. So Paul is going to address those who are strong in their faith. They have this liberty, and you're going to see in a few minutes what some of these non-essentials were in verses 5 and 6 that they were dealing with. And then there are also some, maybe even some of the same ones, but some that we deal with today, right? And Paul is going to hold both groups accountable. Remember, the weak are not, they're not less of Christians or immature Christians and the strong or more mature. It's possible, but that's not what Paul is saying here, okay? One group is living in a liberty of their faith in Christ. They've grown to the point where... Um, you know, I know a lot of people, they don't eat like uh, shrimp and scallops and crabs. They call them bottom feeders. They're like, you know, dirty creatures. And uh, I would eat them all day long, seven days a week, right? And there are other folks who won't, though. And whether it's a, you know, for some folks, it's a physical, it's, it's, it's a physical uh, uh, limitation that they put on themselves. And for others, it's a religious limitation. Um, and then others, you know, you have that liberty. And we're going to talk about what some of those are. So when we're talking about fully embracing and loving and accepting my brothers and sisters in Christ, those of you with whom we worship and gather in our church, we have to recognize that there is both liberty and limitations in the church. Okay? And listen, Paul says, I love this. In verse 1, he says, accept the one who is weak in their faith. But in verse 3, he tells us why. And this rocked my world when I just, when I just, I, and maybe we read through things too quickly sometimes. Accept your brother and sister. Um, why? Because um, at the end of verse 3, for God has accepted 
him. Listen, your brother and sister in Christ with, f from whom you may do things differently or you, know, you go to church with them, you may do things differently. Listen, they have a relationship with Jesus Christ just like you do. God loves them just as much as he loves you. God says you accept, you fully embrace and love your brother and sister. Why? Because God does. Oh my goodness. We, we could close the book and go home. Are y'all like, yeah, please? <laughs> Why? Because, because God has. Wow. What a great, what a simple and yet profound answer. I always say, and you, some of you have heard me say it. What if I loved you the way Jesus Christ has loved me? What if you love that other person, you fill in the blank, the same way Jesus Christ has loved you. Oh my. Some of us, remember you say oh, amen when you're praising Jesus, you say oh my when it's convicting, right? Yeah, that was a oh my for me. Because simply put, I need to fully embrace my brother and sister in Christ in their liberty or limitations because Christ has fully accepted him or her. Paul's keeping it real, right? We're going to see number two here. We need to recognize the non-essentials. Verses five and six, we're going to see what some of those are. One person regards one day above another. Oh, I did not do that. Slow down, Charlie, you're speeding. Listen to verse four. Uh, as a matter of fact, with regard, there was supposed to be another slide in there. I skipped over. I must have gotten a little, uh, little sloppy there. When Paul says, of course, we accept one another and embrace one another because God has accepted us, he says something else equally profound in verse 4 there. He says that, um, why would I judge the servant of another? Who am I to judge the servant? Uh, listen, that believer with whom you may disagree about some non-essentials, that believer who you may look down, I may look down my nose at, um, guess who their master is? God, Jesus Christ. I don't get to judge somebody else's servant, right? And, I, and back in that day, there was a lot of servitude, indentured servitude. There was voluntary servitude and there was outright slavery, right? And, and we, we use that language in, in Romans, right? I'm no longer enslaved to sin. I'm enslaved to Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm not a slave to sin. I'm a slave to righteousness. We use that language. Paul says here in verse 4, who are you? Who do you think you are, right? Paul says, who do you think you are judging another man's servant? Another man is God. Who am I to judge another person who belongs? And by the way, I'll go this far. I'll say that goes for both believers and non-believers because everyone who breathes air on this, on God's green earth is created in the image of God. Amen? Amen. Yeah. So Paul says, who am I to judge a, judge a servant of another? That's God's child. Man, I better be careful. Man, God loves that person with whom I may disagree just as much as he loves me. Oh my, does that change my heart? Does that change my attitude? So let's, but let's recognize, let's look at some of these non-essentials here. And right here, and he doesn't come out and say it um, um, explicitly, but they're talking about food and drink and, and, and particularly wine and days like holidays. The Jews had, the Jewish people had um, the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. They had their religious holidays. And some of them were precursors and a foreshadowing of Jesus, you know, of what was to come. So they celebrated them with very good reason. And a Christian, a, 
a Jewish Christian can still celebrate some of these holidays in light of their salvation in Christ. I mean, we talk about these things a lot as believers. But nonetheless, um, you know, um, food, I know wine is a big one. I, uh, when we were kids, you know, I, I remember when my parents first came to know Christ, we went to this little Bible church. And thank God, my mom and dad, my mom and dad recognized their Christian liberty and maybe a little too much, but they recognized their Christian liberty as they grew in the Lord. But we went to a church where there were lots of limitations. Um, so so uh, we heard a lot of conversations, you know, and then there was an old song. I think don't drink, don't dance. What do you do? And I don't remember who plays the song. It's an old song. And we went to one of those churches, and, and it could turn you, like, make you feel negative or rebellious. And it did. I remember being a teenager, you know, weren't supposed to listen to that evil rock and roll. And um, um, you don't drink, don't drink wine or alcohol under any circumstances. Nobody, anybody, nobody. Uh, you know, all those kind of things. And so they practice their faith with certain limitations. And it's very easy to be judgmental, but, but some folks may have practiced those limitations for their own walk with the Lord, right? I don't know another man or woman's story. Maybe they don't drink because they just feel like they are a person who shouldn't. Uh, you guys know that I share my testimony. Uh, the reason I don't drink is because I'm an alcoholic and I was addicted to drugs in my life when I was a young man. So, so I don't take that chance anymore. So I don't drink. Um, so, and then, you know, we have holidays. Um, do we go, oh, look at those, those, those people go to church on Saturday. Oh my. Why are they going to church? Are they too busy for the Lord on Sunday? Um, so, hey, been there, man, I've heard the conversations. I've heard the conversations. And so I need to be careful. Um, this is what Paul is saying. And with, with this group in this church, these were some of the non-essentials. And then there are some more non-essentials, right? Clothing, styles of worship, music, entertainment, political, academic, and social issues. I'm going to tell you one in all seriousness that I wrestle hard with, that I wrestle hard with, and I've come to a better place in my personal life. So this is spiritual growth for me. Um, and if you're not married and you're thinking about how you're going to man, marry somebody who knows and loves Jesus Christ, um, and marrying somebody smarter than you is debatable. I did, but, but, but so here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really careful and say that throughout the pandemic, I really had to get, I really had to pray and ask for forgiveness several thousand times for this very thing. Um, and lots of Christians have alienated and come to a place of hate against one another over the pandemic, over the politics of the pandemic, over how one should handle oneself or take care of oneself during the pandemic. And so to look at a person or a group of people and say, oh my, I, they're not doing that and they really should, I know they should be doing that because I know it's the right. I get, we, and I want to be really careful. In the Bible, we talk about sin, right and wrong, good and evil, but some things, some things in our country, we can obey the law and still have liberty in our lives, and we're not to judge one another. I'm just going to say, if a person comes to church wearing a mask because they're concerned about something, um, we meet outdoors, uh, it's okay for us not to wear a mask. 
I want to assume and think the best about that brother and sister. They're not only trying to protect themselves, they're trying to protect me too. And if you take the liberty, while you're obeying the laws of the land, if you take the liberty of not wearing a mask, I should assume the best about who you are and what you do in your life. We have allowed, we have allowed this. It didn't creep into the church, y'all. It knocked down the doors and rushed into the church, and it has divided groups of believers all over our country. All you have to do is look at social media for five minutes and watch people calling each other names and talking about one another. So here's where I had to, here's, and, and by the way, with social media and the proliferation of, of 24-7 talk radio and television, right? We're all doctors. We're all epidemiologists. We're all like, right, right? And so you watch enough of that, enough of that stuff and you can quote those guys and, hey, I'm not a doctor, but I do play one on TV. I, I had to confess my sins because I thought I had it right. And if you didn't agree with me, you had it. Now, most of the time I kept my mouth shut and I stopped my thumbs. Um, some of us don't stop our thumbs in time. Um, I stop my thumbs most of the time, and I'm pretty good about keeping my mouth closed, but I would vent in front of my wife, who is um, a gracious person who fully accepts people in the Lord, and um, will encourage me in the Lord when I don't. <laughs> and so for months, I wrestled with this, guys, and I said, you know what? I can't allow this to make me bitter. I can't allow this to make me think I'm better than someone else. I can't jump on this bandwagon or that bandwagon. I need to be true to Jesus Christ, and I need to love my brothers and sisters in Christ. And if I went somewhere and I knew someone was being more cautious than me, I need to be cautious. If I'm going somewhere and people are exercising their freedom in this regard, if I feel like I'm, I'm going to enjoy that and exercise my freedom. Now, that's what Paul's going to talk more about next week, about not being a stumbling block to my brother or sister. So, so I took a non-essential, and you might say, oh, pastor, it's an essential. Well, some things about it are, and some are not. And I'm going to say that the church is struggling with this right now. I'm really glad that here we've observed the law of the land, but we've also exercised grace um, and acceptance towards one another to the best of my knowledge. So I thank you and give you guys some kudos and some credit in the Lord for being mature. But look, Paul says some things. Uh, Paul says some things about this. He says, one, that person who's exercising limitations in their life and that person who's exercising some liberty, each one is serving the Lord. You see that in verses uh, six through eight. Each one is thanking the Lord. So each one, and we already talked about this in verses three and four, each one belongs to the Lord. Each one is in Christ. So what Paul is saying in 6 through 8, the person who doesn't eat meat because it's how they honor the Lord, they're serving the Lord. Um, the person who does exercise their liberty in when they go to church, what day they go to church, or if they um, drink a little wine on Saturday night when they go out to dinner, they're, they're serving the Lord and giving thanks to God. They're exercising their liberty in Christ. We have to remember that that brother or sister who does some of these things differently than you is serving the Lord and enjoying, hopefully, enjoying serving the Lord, living a thankful life. And then I have to remember, and this might be a slight departure from the text. That's why you see a little star there. Life is not all about me. You know, I forget that on a pretty regular basis. 
it's easy for me to think that it's just, you know, it's just all about me. Now, I don't get up every day and say it's all about me, but sometimes I live that way. Sometimes I act that way. Sometimes the way I treat you displays that attitude, and I need to be careful. Because when I truly recognize the non-essentials, I have a correct perspective and attitude about who you are in Christ. It puts the word of God is putting me in check here in my Christian walk and how I treat you. And honestly, um, I'm about 99% sure because I just started thinking about this this morning, how I treat someone who doesn't know Christ, it shouldn't differ. They should have that, that type of, they should feel or experience some love and acceptance from me in the same regard. Uh, but I started thinking about that this morning and I'm sure that's right. Um, but in the body of Christ, Paul's talking to the church. He wants unity. He wants us to love one another. And this is one more way that we can do that. Now, here's a hard truth. Paul talks about both living and dying in the Lord. What does it mean, dying in the Lord? How do I die? How do I die to the Lord or die in the Lord? We've experienced a lot of death um, in our community, uh, in our families recently. Um, some of you know John and Jenny who are here with JT visiting church several weeks recently. Miss Jenny passed away Monday from COVID and on the way home from the hospital, true story, JT, who comes to church here sometimes, was driving his father home from the hospital and they had a horrible car accident and now his father's fighting for his life. And you wonder, God, why do these things happen to people? And as followers of Jesus, you know, uh, I have shared with you, um, um, hopefully, well, I have shared pretty openly with you. Last weekend, um, Anthony preached. It was, uh, we were observing the first anniversary of the death of our son last weekend. So our family was together. And this is a hard truth that I really wrestle with. And Paul shined a light on it for me this week. And I, and I love, I, you know, God will answer your prayers. God will hear your, God will hear you in your grief. So listen to what he says. What does it mean to die in the Lord? And in regard to living for the Lord, dying for the Lord. He probably has in mind the fact that the circumstances of the believer's death as of his life are determined not by his will or in consideration of his own interests, but are wholly in the hands of the Lord, who sets the time for death in accordance with his own interests and purposes. God is sovereign and in control, and God is doing what God is doing, and I don't know everything that God is doing. That's hard, though, guys. It's hard, isn't it? when you're experiencing a loss or going through grief. So in both life and death, he or she, the believer, belongs to the Lord. Here's a hopeful truth in the same, in the same verse, though. So, so we have a hard truth and we have a hopeful truth. The union with the Lord Christ, with all its benefits that the believer enjoys in this life, will continue after death with indeed and even fuller me uh, uh, measure, excuse me, of blessings. Listen, I just have to read one verse. I'm going back there because we went there as a church in chapter 8. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, Romans chapter 8, verse 38, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Amen. Paul says, look, death, um, Paul says here, he's saying here, uh, even in death, we move from a full life in serving God to an even fuller life and existence in the presence of the Lord for eternity. Amen. So we have a hard truth and a hopeful truth, even in this passage. Listen, this is where we see, uh, I started, I, I kind of geeked out a little bit. I started looking at the people, um, most of whom we only see their backs. And I started studying them, not because I'm a weirdo, but because I started, you wouldn't think you would notice the difference between people, who they are, what they look like with their backs to you. And I saw this and I, I thought to myself in verse nine, we see that Jesus Christ died for each one. We see the unity and the diversity amongst believers. Because in verse nine, Paul says this, for to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. So Paul gives us that reason why. For to this end, Christ died, Christ died and lived again. So Christ conquered sin when he died. He conquered death when he rose again, so that he might be Lord of the living and the dead. So again, when you look at that brother or sister with whom you might live life differently or do things differently and you see them in church, this is a great picture for me to remember and to have in my mind. Each one a different and unique, a unique person, right? We see this unity and diversity in the body of Christ. The universal church, right? All the followers of Jesus in the whole world, but in our church as well. I just thought that was great. Now, number three, stop judging because Paul says it again in verses 10 through 12. He says, but you, why do you judge your brother? So he says, hey, look, guys. He said, basically, he's like, no, serious, guys, stop doing it. So he gives us admonition about not judging, fully accepting. He tells us why theologically, right? Because God accepts them, because we're living for the Lord, because Jesus is their master and our master. And now he says, stop judging and despising your Christian brothers and sisters. He's like a parent, right? Hey, guys, cut it out. <laughs> I already told you guys, cut it out. But, so why would he tell us all over again? I mean, a pretty serious message. And, you know... Um, I say this tongue-in-cheek, two very deep spiritual truths, right? Stay in your lane, know your role. <laughs> it's not my place to judge you. If I stay in my lane, I recognize that I am also a servant of the same God that you are a servant of. Ooh. Um, and so that helps me stay in my lane and not judge you and know my role. God says, uh, Paul says here in the word of God for, uh, for me to love you, encourage you, um, uh, all manner of things. So, so stay in your lane, know your role. He quotes Isaiah, uh, I pretty sure it's 45, 23, if I remember correctly. Um, he says at one day, so, nope, don't do that yet. So he says, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord. Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, here's another reason, right? So then, or as a result, each one of us will give an account of himself to God. 
So when the books are open at the end, and whatever the end is, whether one is a follower of Jesus Christ or not, we're going to stand before God and give an account of ourselves. It is not my place to judge you. The eternal creator of the universe who loves you and gave each one of us life is the only one who is qualified to judge us. So, I don't know how spiritual it is, but stay in your lane, know your role. You know, if I just did that a little bit, if I just did that a little bit, like as a pastor or as a husband, or, you know, and they had a very similar issue in, in Corinth, um, but Paul says to them, uh, the Corinthian church, and they were wild. We have to study First and Second Corinthians sometime. Those people were sinning all over the place. They were kind of like us here in Baltimore. He says to them, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So, so that day is coming, but it is not my so it is not my place to judge you. My, I am to fully accept and embrace you, love you, not just tolerate you. Don't despise your Christian brother or sister because they live with limitations that you do not. Or because they live in liberty that, watch this, maybe you wish you could, but you just won't let yourself. Oh, did I say that that way? I could have said that more spiritually. It could have sounded more pastoral than that. I understand that. But you get you get it. You get it. Listen, guys, this is Paul's passion is that the church will look like Jesus. Because there are people out there who do not have hope. And there are people out there who are suffering and they do not have the same hope that you have in Christ. So I think Paul's admonition and next week he's gonna tell us uh, further, he's gonna take us a little further here and 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 teach us how not to be a stumbling block to our brother and sister in our liberty and our limitations. Amen? Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.